Today's Saturday, January 27th, 2024, and this is 5 at 8. With you today are Linda Carlisle and Mark Overman. In this episode, we'll talk about the European Space Agency adopting two new missions to study Venus and gravitational waves, an oil tanker being attacked off the coast of Yemen, the U.S. planning to station nuclear weapons in the U.K., Tesla's shares plummeting due to slowing growth, and brain-sensing headsets that can enable users to send emails using their thoughts. Story number one. According to CNN, the European Space Agency, ESA, has officially adopted two new missions, the Envision Venus Explorer and the Laser Interferometer Space Antenna, LISA. The Envision mission aims to study Venus in detail to understand why it is so different from Earth, despite being similar in size and distance from the Sun. It will gather data on the Venusian atmosphere, surface and interior, and investigate the planet's geological activity and the origins of its runaway greenhouse effect. The LISA mission, on the other hand, will be the first space-based observatory to study gravitational waves, which provide insights into the history of the universe. It will consist of three spacecraft that will detect waves emitted by black hole mergers and study binary star systems, dense star clusters, and the expansion rate of the universe. Both missions will launch from Europe's spaceport in French Guiana in the 2030s. Should be interesting to see what the Envision mission uncovers about Venus, right? I mean, it's crazy to think that Venus and Earth are so similar in size and distance from the Sun, yet they have such drastically different climates and atmospheres. It's like two siblings growing up in the same household but ending up with totally different personalities. I think this mission is a testament to the complexity and unpredictability of planetary evolution. Venus, despite its similarities with Earth, evolved into a hot, toxic world. The Envision mission aims to explain why. It's like a detective piecing together a puzzle. We're trying to understand the runaway greenhouse effect that led to the current state of Venus, and whether it once had oceans or how geologically active it is. And it's not just about understanding Venus itself. By studying Venus, we might also learn a lot about our own planet. It's like holding up a mirror to our own world. If Venus did have an Earth-like climate at some point, what led to its dramatic transformation? And could the same thing happen here on Earth? The answers to these questions could have profound implications for our understanding of climate change and the future of our own planet. Turning our attention to the second mission, the Laser Interferometer Space Antenna, or LISA, is equally fascinating. The fact that it's the first space-based observatory to study gravitational waves is quite significant. Ground-based observatories have their limitations due to size and sensitivity, and can only detect high-frequency gravitational waves. But with LISA, we can detect a wider range of waves, including those emitted by supermassive black holes that merge at the centers of massive galaxies. It's like having a telescope that can see farther and clearer than ever before. It's all about pushing the boundaries of what's possible. With LISA, we'll be able to study the history of the universe in ways we never could before. We can look for evidence of black hole mergers, study binary star systems, and even measure the rate at which the universe is expanding. It's like cracking open a history book that covers the entire lifespan of the universe. It's mind-boggling to think about, but that's what makes it so exciting. Story number two. According to The Guardian, an oil tanker, believed to be the British oil tanker Marlin Luanda, was struck and set alight off the coast of Yemen. Yemen's Houthi rebels claimed responsibility for the attack, 
stating that their naval forces targeted the vessel using naval missiles. The tanker was operated on behalf of commodities group Trafigura, and firefighting equipment is being used to control the flames. The UK government and its allies have stated that they reserve the right to respond appropriately to the attack. The Houthi rebels have been launching attacks on ships in the Red Sea since November, endangering global trade routes. The UK and US have been conducting airstrikes on Houthi targets and imposing sanctions on key figures in the Iran-backed militant group. Should we be surprised, Linda, that tensions are heating up in the Gulf of Aden? I mean, we've seen this movie before, haven't we? Maritime insecurity isn't exactly a new headline. This isn't a new narrative, but the specific context and the players involved do add a unique dimension to the issue. The attack on the oil tanker Marlin Luanda is a stark reminder of how vulnerable commercial shipping routes are to conflicts that may seem geographically remote to many. Right. And it's not just about one isolated incident, is it? This isn't just about a single oil tanker. There's a broader picture here. Tell us more about that. This incident is part of a larger pattern of maritime insecurity that disrupts global trade. Major shipping lanes, like the Gulf of Aden, are like the world's arteries. They're crucial for the global economy. Disruptions like these can have ripple effects, impacting everything from fuel prices to supply chains, even here in the United States. And what about the UK's response, Linda? They've said they reserve the right to respond appropriately. What might that look like? Well, Mark, that's a delicate matter. The UK, along with its allies, would want to tread carefully to avoid escalating the situation. A military response might not be the best course of action. Diplomatic strategies could be more effective in de-escalating the tension and ensuring safe maritime trade. But it's a complex issue, and the stakes are high. It's a tough situation, no doubt and one we need to keep a close eye on. And speaking of tough situations, let's switch gears and talk about the escalating inflation here at home. Story number three. The U.S. is reportedly planning to station nuclear weapons in the U.K. for the first time in 15 years due to the growing threat from Russia, as reported by The Guardian. The proposed location for the warheads is RAF Lockenheath in Suffolk, where nuclear missiles were previously stationed until 2008. Pentagon documents reveal procurement contracts for a new facility at the airbase. The UK Ministry of Defense has neither confirmed nor denied the presence of nuclear weapons at any specific location. Calls for the UK to be prepared for potential conflict with Russia have been made by senior figures on both sides of the Atlantic. The outgoing head of the British Army, Gen Sir Patrick Sanders, has suggested bolstering the Army's ranks with reservists and citizens. The U.S. Navy Secretary Carlos del Toro has urged the U.K. to reassess the size of its armed forces in light of existing threats. Downing Street has defended the U.K.'s defense spending and highlighted its military strength as a partner of choice for the U.S. Did you see the news about the U.S. planning to station nuclear weapons in the U.K. again? I think it's a strategic move given the escalating threat from Russia. The U.S. and the U.K. have a long history of cooperation in defense matters. And this could be a strong deterrent to any potential aggressive actions. I did, Mark. But I have to say, I'm not entirely on board with this move. I understand the rationale behind it, but escalating nuclear presence could potentially exacerbate the tensions, not alleviate them. It's a delicate balance, and I think we should be promoting diplomatic solutions over militaristic ones. I hear you, Linda. But we can't ignore the fact that the world has, has changed since the Cold War. In my opinion, maintaining a strong defense is crucial, 
especially in light of recent aggressive actions. And let's not forget, the UK and the US have been partners in defense for a long time. This move is just strengthening that partnership. Yes, Mark, the world has certainly changed, but that doesn't mean we should forget the lessons of the past. The Cold War was, well, it was a time of intense fear and uncertainty. Do we really want to go back to that? There's also the issue of nuclear proliferation. If we start building up our nuclear arsenals, other countries might feel compelled to do the same. I see where you're coming from, Linda, but we also have to consider the current reality. Russia is reportedly ramping up its military presence, and this move shows that the U.S. and the U.K. are not, not going to stand by idly. It's about showing strength and unity in the face of potential threats. I get that, Mark, but we also need to tread carefully. The more weapons we introduce into the equation, the higher the stakes and the potential for, for misunderstanding or accidents. I agree that we need to be prepared, but I also believe that diplomacy should be our first line of defense. Story number four. In a report from CNN, Tesla's shares plummeted by 12% after the company warned of slowing growth in electric car sales, resulting in an $80 billion loss in market value. The decline comes as Tesla faces increased competition from global rivals and recently lost its lead in global electric vehicle sales to Chinese automaker BYD. It's quite the shocker, isn't it, Linda? Tesla's shares plummeting and wiping a whopping $80 billion off its market value. This comes right on the heels of the company warning about slowing growth in electric car sales. To me, it's like a reminder of the volatile nature of markets, especially for emerging sectors like electric vehicles. This is a pivotal moment that underlines the fierce competition Tesla is facing, particularly from global rivals like BYD, the Chinese automaker. This is a classic example of how the race for technological development and market share can lead to sudden shifts in the industry landscape. True, and it's not just about the race, Linda. There's a whole lot of factors at play here. Market dynamics, investment patterns, government policies. I mean, we've seen this happen before, right? Dominant players getting shaken up by new entrants or changing market conditions. It's the rule of the game. Indeed. And it's not just the companies that are affected. These market fluctuations have ripple effects on the global economy, affecting investors and even consumers. The shifting dynamics in the EV industry could potentially impact the cost of electric cars, the pace of innovation, and even environmental policies. Spot on, Linda. It gets me thinking about how these changes could also spur a race for better technology, more efficient production, and ultimately, more choices for the consumer. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's a tough game. And it's going to be interesting to see how Tesla bounces back from this. Agreed, Mark. It's a challenging time for Tesla, but also an opportunity for introspection and growth. The current situation could drive the company to explore new strategies, improve its product offerings, and reevaluate its business model. And as history has shown, sometimes such disruptions can lead to remarkable transformations. Story number five. Connor Russomano, founder and CEO of OpenBCI, is developing brain-sensing headsets that can enable users to send emails using their thoughts, as reported by NPR. These headsets aim to revolutionize mind-reading technology and are part of OpenBCI's mission to build ethical brain-computer interfaces. Rusomano's work has gained recognition, and his innovations, such as the Galea headset, have been featured in various media outlets. Do you remember when we thought that sending an email by simply thinking it was stuff of science fiction? 
Well, this guy, Connor Russomano, is apparently making it a reality. I mean, brain-sensing headsets? Sounds like something out of a sci-fi movie, right? Connor's work is truly groundbreaking, and it's opening up new frontiers in the field of neurotechnology. OpenBCI, the company he founded, is focused on developing ethical brain-computer interfaces. The Galea headset, one of his leading innovations, is a hardware and software platform that merges next-generation biometrics with mixed reality. That's pretty awesome, but it's also a little, I don't know, unsettling. It feels like we're crossing into a territory where our thoughts aren't just our own anymore. What do you think, Linda? Are we ready for this? That's a valid concern, Mark. The development and application of brain-computer interface technology indeed poses significant ethical implications. Privacy is certainly at the forefront. As we delve further into this realm, the boundary between human and technological interaction blurs, and it's crucial that we navigate this transition carefully. Right. And there's also the issue of consent, right? Just because you can read someone's mind doesn't mean you should. How does that factor into Russomano's work? The issue of consent is paramount. It's one of the reasons why Connor founded OpenBCI with a focus on ethical brain-computer interfaces. He is committed to ensuring that the technology respects and protects the integrity of the individual. However, it's an ongoing conversation, and as the technology evolves, so too must the discourse around its ethical application. And what about the potential for misuse? Can this technology fall into the wrong hands and be used for, I don't know, mind control or something? Again, a very valid concern, Mark. The potential for misuse is always a risk with any new technology. It's another reason why it's so important that we have comprehensive and proactive ethical guidelines in place. We must ensure that the technology is used responsibly and that there are robust safeguards in place to prevent misuse. But let's not forget the potential benefits, right? I mean, this could revolutionize how people with communication difficulties or physical disabilities interact with the world or even transform the gaming and virtual reality experiences. Absolutely. The potential applications of this technology are vast and incredibly exciting. It could indeed be a game-changer for individuals with physical disabilities or communication difficulties. And in the realm of entertainment, the possibilities are truly endless. However, as with any technological advancement, it's crucial that we balance the potential benefits with careful consideration of the ethical implications. That's it for this morning. Have a great day and see you all tomorrow. Five at Eight is researched, written, and performed by artificial intelligence. For more information, visit botcaster.ai.